Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 42. I am your host, Eric Vanek. You can find me on Twitter, at Eric Vanek NFL. And no Scott this evening, but I am joined by two special guests. Uh, it is Adam and Mike of the 4D Chess Podcast. Adam and Mike, what's going on, man? What's going on, E? Um, listen, E and I are wearing the same brown shirt, and <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that the Browns had a good draft, just to let everybody know. Uh, Mike, Mike's up there, you know, really grinning and excited because the Eagles had one hell of a draft, but Mike, what's going on? Oh, I'm having a great night, buddy. I'm having a fantastic night, and the fact that we're about to hop on here with Eric, uh, I absolutely love Eric. We had what throughout the entire regular season, start sit. Eric was a ride or die for us. Always, always joining us on start sit on Destination Debbie. Weekly, so, every single week. Getting to do this podcast with him, and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but this is going to probably be the first in the industry. We're going to be the first to market on the industry. Eric's going to be out here. We're going to give people actionable advice to use to help them win their dynasty leagues, which are about to get really real here, probably for most people starting Sunday. So this is incredible. We just came off a Destination Devi stream for multiple hours. We've been chopping it up, but, you know, Dynasty never sleeps. So we'll we'll stay up late. We'll get this out to the people and let's go. Yeah, this is we're coming off of basically like 10 hours of streaming and we're right to it. Like it's immediate. So America's game is bringing you the first piece of actionable advice in dynasty based on landing spots, based on everything we saw. And we're going to do a full mock draft of what we've seen at least for day two. So Eric, appreciate you having us on, man. Mike and I, I can speak for him too. We love chopping it up with you. So thanks for having us on. Yeah. I appreciate having you guys. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There wasn't anybody uh, I wanted uh, else to do this with. So uh, sucks that we don't have Scott this evening, but hey, we'll make do without him. Yeah. But yeah, like you guys said, man, this is going to be probably one of the first podcasts out there that's going to have live mock draft with results basically through one, rounds one through three so far for the NFL draft. Um that we can take people that haven't been selected yet. I put that on our little sheet here as well. Um, so yeah, it's pretty basically we're going to do a mock draft here, four rounds, and we're just going to go back and forth. Mike's going to be the 101, Adam the 102, and I'm going to be the 103, and then we're just going to keep going on from there. Oh, and this then, is awesome. Mike gets the 101. <clears throat> this is going to be yeah. great. How, how I, perfect is this, man? No, I want to know, I want to know what Mike night. does at 101 because. I feel like we're going to – I basically have the one-on-one because Mike has it. But let's see what he does. Come on. And then uh, the settings that we're going to use for this, pretty standard. One quarterback, one super flex, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, three regular flexes. Uh, 1.75 is going to be the tight end premium on this and full PPR for wide receivers and running backs. So those uh, flex spots are definitely going to be uh, – you know, could be used for tight ends. So this is going to be a, a very actionable mock draft, like Mike said earlier, for this, and going to be one of the first ones out there for you guys. So if you got a mock or a rookie draft starting on Sunday, we got it starting on Monday morning. You know, there's going to be a lot of those. I know Scott says he had something like forty something starting between Sunday and Monday. So that's a lot. That's for Scott, who's playing in seventy leagues or whatever he is. But I know myself. I'm sure you guys have. Uh, rookie draft starting Sunday or Monday right away as well. So this is going to be uh, really good for the people. So I'm excited. Let's, Let's do it, man. It. Let's All do right. it. 
All right, Mike, the 101, who you got? Easiest. I'm running to the podium. Adam's going to hate it. Bijan Robinson, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I take the guy who is talked about as generational, like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson. I got months to figure out whether my team can use Bijan Robinson or if I'm wasting it. I have Bijan playing in the preseason. I have Bijan playing in week one, two, three, four. If he is out there smashing in this Atlanta Falcons offense, which runs the football a ton, which has a very good offensive line for run blocking, has some other weapons to take some pressure off of him, Bijan's my pick, no question about it. I know it's super flex. We could have the conversation about who you take, whether it's the quarterback or the running back, but this is easy for me, man. I just take the guy who I know is very, very good at football and is going to put up fantasy points. Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on what your team is. If you're needing a quarterback badly, I think you can go quarterback. If you're fine at quarterback, I I have no problem taking Bijan at 101, so I agree with that. Uh, Adam, 102, go ahead. Yeah, so Mike says, um, you know, I'm going to hate the pick. As the person with the 102, I I couldn't love the pick anymore. I mean, personally, because now at 102, I'm like, this is the 101 for everybody that's listening on America's Game. The 101 at the 102 is Anthony Richardson. And here's the thing. Like, Mike makes some good points. He actually does. Like, Bijan Robinson is the best running back prospect we've seen since Saquon Barkley. He's one of the best ones that we've seen, period. The problem is, is that the running back position, the best of that is not valued anywhere near as high as the top six, seven, eight quarterbacks because it's super flex. And... With the settings here of one quarterback and super flex and everything. Now, to say that Bijan Robinson isn't a great player in fantasy and in dynasty is a lie. Like, I'm not here to tell you that. Like, Bijan Robinson is going to smash. They took him in the top 10. Bijan Robinson is going to be awesome. It's a, it's, you know, Arthur Smith led offense. They're going to run the football. Like, Kyle Pitts people, maybe sit down one more year because, uh, like, we're not expecting a bunch of passing. This is going to be a great running offense. But, what I'm taking at 102 is Anthony Richardson. And the reason is he had the best landing spot of all the quarterbacks. He is the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen. So, like, B. John Robinson is one of the best prospects we've seen at running back. But there is not a better athletic quarterback that we've seen, period, ever, that's tested than Anthony Richardson. You tell me that he has a good offensive line, a guy to hand it off to in Jonathan Taylor. He has Michael Pittman. We'll get into it later, but like they they ended up addressing the receiver position, one of Mike's guys, Josh Downs, in round three. This to me is a no brainer. Now, I will admit I was fighting for this before landing spots, before draft capital, and I probably would have been on this, but when Anthony Richardson got the best thing that could have happened to him, th- there's no way I'm not taking him at one oh one or one oh two. So that's my answer. It's no actually shot at Mike. It's just for me, personally, I want A-Rich really, really badly right now, given where he landed up in the top five. No, that's a great pick. That's where I would have Anthony Richardson. I would take him at 101 as well in super flex leagues for sure. You know, if I really, if I was okay with at quarterback and I was a running back away, I could see taking Bijan. But I think in ninety percent of leagues, I'm going to be taking Anthony Richardson at the one hundred and one. So I agree with you. Can I get just a quick rebuttal? Just yep. a quick rebuttal here. Of I'm getting course. teamed up by Browns fans. Of course. <laughs> 
15 Mike, of the ha- Browns fans. Mike, you, you had a great day. Have your way, buddy. It's like Burger King. Have it your way. <laughs> B. John Robinson joins some company of running backs drafted in the top 10 that is extremely elite. Extremely elite, right? So we can go back to Saquon Barkley for sure. Smash. Leonard Fournette. Smash. Christian McCaffrey. Smash. Right? Those guys all hit. Ezekiel Elliott. Smash. Uh, Todd Gurley. Smash. And even if I want to go as far down as your guys, your guys are Browns fans, Trent Richardson. No. Trent Richardson still. I mean, You're going to bring Trent Richardson into this. Trent Richardson is rookie wow, year. Wow, that's a low blow. Trent Richardson is rookie year, 17 fantasy points per game in PPR scoring. Like Trent Richardson, his rookie year. I, I feel very good about that company. I have zero misses and 100% hit rate. I feel very good about running backs drafted in the top 10 in the NFL draft. I'm batting a thousand, and I don't know how much better I can do for that. Quarterbacks, on the other hand, drafted in the top five. We've seen hits, we've seen misses. Sometimes we see extreme hits, and I know the running back landscape has changed. I'm just going to go on the side of history here and take the stud. That's well, my that's my quick rebuttal right there. That's a great point, and I'm going to go on the side of no history because there is no history that shows Anthony Richardson at quarterback ever. Like that doesn't exist. So I'm going to take that side. <laughs> fair, fair. All okay. right. All right. So I am up now at the 103, and I am going to go ahead and take quarterback Bryce Young. He went to the Panthers, obviously, at number one overall. I like Bryce. I mean, Bryce's only flaw is his height. That's it. Everything else is really good. His arm is maybe not as good as Richardson and Strouds, but it's still pretty good. You know, he can scramble a little bit. Um, he's got the best processor. He's got every leadership quality you could possibly want in a quarterback. And I know we don't get leadership points uh, in fantasy, but I think Bryce Young is going to be just fine at quarterback for you. I think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. I believe I have him in my top 12 already. Yes, I do. And I'm going to go ahead and take Bryce Young. I think he's going to be really safe there. They have a really good offensive line already built there. They got him four weapons there to throw to. They got Thielen. They got Chark. They just drafted Jonathan Mingo. Terrace Marshall's there. Hayden Hurst. Tommy Tremble. You know, he got those guys still there. Running back, they got him Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard. They might draft another running back here at some point. So plenty of weapons for Bryce Strong coming right into it. And a really good offensive line. Super flex. It's pretty easy for me, Bryce Young. And Mike, 104. Go ahead. Man, I just walk into another gem. Uh, we're going right back to the well. I know these are independent teams, but give me Jameer Gibbs. I'm taking Jameer Gibbs. Hopefully, uh, everything I always wanted DeAndre Swift to be in Detroit, we get the guy. Uh, talk about, I, I don't know how many times I've heard it during this process, right? We, we consume so much content. We are tapped into Twitter. We're tapped into Destination Devi. Well, we do our own content, but how many times people have talked about if if Bijan Robinson wasn't in this class, Jameer Gibbs would be the RB one, no question about it, and he'd be the RB one in a lot of classes, no question about it. And this is a guy who got top fifteen NFL draft capital to an offense that we like, to an offense that has a very very good offensive line. Uh, Penny Sewell and the gang out there just do a fabulous job of run blocking. So. Jameer Gibbs for me, I know I should probably probably do the process play and take the quarterback, but 
the gift that keeps on giving. I just wanted to make sure that Adam got his guy at 105. But Jameer Gibbs for me at 104 is a pretty easy pick for me. I, I would run to the podium in all my leagues to pick him. Interesting. Okay. Any reason of why just Gibbs over Stroud, or you just you just like the running backs that much? I, I want the running backs. I feel like at least with these two guys, the running back, and we talked about it a little bit with the the first pick and the, the devalued running back landscape. The quarterbacks are interesting because the quarterback landscape is very hard to predict, right? It's it's we got mm-hmm. we got probably 12, 13, 14 guys at best that we feel really good about in Superflex leagues, and everybody else kind of falls into this bucket. But you can also say the same thing about running backs, and, and I think even more so. We have probably maybe five, six guys at the running back position where if they're on your team, you're like, I feel good about what they're going to do. I feel good about the fantasy points they're going to score. I feel good about the workload that they're going to get. So I also think the positional scarcity also applies to the running back position. And I'm just going to play dynasty in in two to three year windows. And I want a running back who got premium draft capital to a good offense. Who's going to score fantasy points. I want to put them on my teams everywhere that I can get quarterback. On the other hand, if I'm looking at it, CJ Stroud's fine. This is the guy I'm passing on really with this pick. CJ Stroud is fine. But I also think I can just kind of replace him with a Kenny Pickett, with a Mac Jones, with a, another quarterback who's going to score probably more fantasy points in 2023 than the rookie's going to score. And that's the direction I want to go. It, it, I think it would have changed for me, Eric, to be completely honest, if Carolina or like you just took Bryce Young, if, if Houston or Carolina had done things in the draft and hadn't given up so much draft capital and surrounded their quarterback and put them in a position to succeed. If they if they if they traded up for a, a Jordan Addison, if they traded up for a a Jonathan Johnson, Mingo, if they had twenty four draft capital, where you go like, hey, they might not be that good. <laughs> they might not be that good this year, but they have a chance at a Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Like if they have a chance at an elite weapon to surround them with. I just really don't see a path with what they have on their teams right now for these quarterbacks to be in a position where I feel really good about them smashing and getting into that top 12 territory. So at this point, I'm just going to take the running back that I do feel good about and, and, and playing these two to three year windows. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Adam one Oh five, your turn. Yeah. So, so I will say this, um, <clears throat> in totality here, I, I think at least for discussion, that's serious. In the top five picks, I think 105 here, because of the things that Mike has talked about with the running backs, I think that 105 actually, I was not this way before the NFL draft. But right here is where there is a serious tear break. And the reason I bring that up, I don't think that CJ Stroud is going to be there for most of you at 105. But I, I think a lot of the points that Mike brings up is actually very real, right? Because we have a running back going at eight because we have a running back going at 12. Now fade the position all you want, but that is serious draft capital that matters. Here's what I will say. Part of the reason I'm very much more so on a rich at one one is because I think now, even though that Bijan is a great prospect and is better than Gibbs four picks in draft capital between the two makes it for me. I'm taking a rich who is the clear upside and shoot for the moon quarterback at one one. And then I would argue after that, if we're going to take Bijan ahead of these quarterbacks, why can't we take Gibbs ahead of these quarterbacks? Like we acknowledge it's a great running back. We acknowledge that we want a league-winning running back. Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud, to Mike's point, like 
they're the one and two picks in the NFL draft. So they have significant capital attached to them. And like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the quarterbacks are bad, but Gibbs, I think, absolutely gets a lot closer to Bijan, which makes it for me the 105 is a clear tear break. So for me at 105, like, I'm taking whatever's left, whether that's Gibbs, whether that's where I'm going to take it right now, CJ Stroud. It's a clear tear break. JSN starts at 106, and we can go down from there. But the point I'm making here is I, I believe that A. Rich now, because of the upside and the difference making at the super flex position for me is at 101. 102 and 103 and 104 and 105, if you want to cut it any way based on your team, I will not fight you, honestly. I'm not going to fight you. I think there's reasons to be concerned long-term for Stroud and Young with the weapons today, but I also think like situations change a lot, and that's why I'll still easily take them anywhere from 103, 104, 105. Um, and I know Superflex really poses an issue here because let's even say that you think C.J. Stroud is going to be more like Kenny Pickett, like Mike says. The problem is this. Okay, that's probably true, but C.J. Stroud is not viewed as Kenny Pickett is. So I still want to play the, the variance of I think that at least two or three or four people in my leagues that I can trade C.J. Stroud to a team that's quarterback needy, and I can get back JSN plus, right? Gibbs plus. And that's the reason that I want the quarterbacks. But if you have a team that has elite quarterbacks and you want to go win a league, take Bijan Robinson, take Jameer Gibbs, and trust that these running backs are league makers and they're going to be difference makers at the running back position. Mm. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, this is going to be... You know, top, this top five, and then it's going to be a, a a tier break for you. I think 106, you, you're still going to get a good player, but you're not getting one of the elite players, unfortunately, like what these top five are. 100%, so this is, Eric. 100%. This is probably going to be the standard top five in whatever order in every single league is kind of how I'm viewing it, unless you have some crazy tight end premium or, you know, if you get a seven points for catch or something i don't know for wide receiver or something crazy um but yeah i agree this is going to be your top five in any order i think i think i would still take stroud richardson and young before gibbs personally just because gibbs is never going to be the workhorse he's not going to be Bijan robinson getting you know 300 plus touches a year i think gibbs is still going to you know, he's not going to be running it up there 250 times and getting you another 150 targets or something like that, 100 targets. Let me ask you this, Eric, real quick. I don't mean to cut you sure. off, but what about Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he's one of the outliers um, at the position. I know JB has done the, uh, the weight ratio, and it's only been Eckler and McCaffrey that are below 201 or lighter that have ever like posted like top five or is either top five or top three RB fantasy seasons. I mean, it's, it's, it's a complete outlier. Um, he can do it though. He's got the catching ability to do it. So I, I get it taking a shot on him. I just think personally in super flex, I think I'd rather have the quarterbacks unless I'm completely set at quarterback and, you know, just like I talked about earlier with Bijan, and I'll just take Gibbs. Same reason, because I'm already set at quarterback. So I have no problem with that. Makes sense. Makes sense, Eric. Yeah. All right. So 106. So I have this fun task. 
of picking uh, from one of the guys that are left here. And I think I'm still going to go probably what's going to be the consensus 106 in most leagues still. Um, I know a couple of these other receivers got some really nice landing spots, uh, but I'm still going to go with JSN. He went number 20 to Seattle. And just speaking of Seattle, did anybody get a bigger bump um, in the draft than Geno Smith? I mean, no. getting him a legit top receiver in this class to go with DK Metcalf and Lockett. Um, they upgraded the uh, running back position a little bit more, too, which is we can get into here in a little bit. Now he's got two really, really good running backs on top of it. Um you know, their defense is going to be really solid. But, yeah, Gino, really big upgrades for him. Very accurate last year. He was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. So I like that with JSN. JSN can sit in those zones and just get wide open for you. And nobody else on that team other than maybe Tyler Lockett can do that. DK Metcalf just doesn't have the same skill set as those two guys. Uh, but JSN should be a really nice fit for them. Um, I'm, I'm still going to take JSN here over all the other players that are left. I like that. Uh, That's fair. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Very fair, Eric. Very fair. Mike107, your turn. So before I make the pick, doesn't it really feel like you have a tier at 101 and 102? You have a tier from three to five. And then to me, it also feels like you have a tier at six and seven. And I actually prefer, to be honest, I'd rather be the guy who picks seven than the guy who picks six. Because it becomes so much easier for you. Whether whether someone likes Jackson Smith and Jigbo or they like Quentin Johnson would be my pick right here. And I'm just going to take 100%. whoever's less for it. I think you could probably have the conversation about Jordan Addison, but QJ, JSN just feel a little bit different, just a little mm -hmm. bit above Jordan Addison, right? Jordan Addison doesn't get the benefit of playing with Justin Herbert. Uh, QJ does get the benefit of playing with Justin Herbert. JSN, I think, is probably the most talented wide receiver in this class. Pre-draft and post-draft, that doesn't change the fact based on draft capital. But uh, JSN at six is a is a good pick. I just feel like I'd rather be the guy who picks at seven, and I'll just let the guy at six make my decision for me, whether it's mm -hmm. JSN or whether I pick QJ. So Quentin Johnson here, let me tie him to Justin Herbert. Uh, I know he kind of has some concerns. We, we talked about it on the draft stream where it's a guy who's big but plays small, and that always kind of worries you. I've never been a Mike Williams fan, and we definitely can see that Keenan Allen is on his way out, whether that's this year or whether it's next year. It's coming very quickly due to age and fall off and injury concerns. So let me get the guy tied to a really good quarterback for a while, and I'll take uh, Quentin Johnson. But, Eric, uh, no lie, if you would have taken QJ at six, I would have smashed the hell out of JSN at seven. Yeah. So that's why I really just like that pick. Just give me the the other guy left over. I'll, I'll push back a little bit. I could see... This being a three-way tier, and I'm I would definitely you. put Addison in it. And I think I would actually take Addison over QJ. I liked Addison better than QJ to begin with. And Addison has a super efficient quarterback. It might just be for one year, but it's just him and Jefferson and Hawkinson, and that's it. I think Addison could have a monster blow-up rookie mm. season and it'd be one of those guys that we're looking at, like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave at right now. I think he could be 
that good this year. And I don't I don't know if Quentin Johnson can be that good this year because they got Mike Williams, they got Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer's there, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler. There's a lot of mouths to feed there. And with Minnesota, there's not as many, and Kirk Cousins is probably just as efficient as Herbert is for one more season. I think Addison could – his trade value could be – like like Garrett Wilson right now, Chris Olave, like I mentioned. Um, that's kind of where I would view it, and I would take Addison before QJ. But I, I, I don't hate it. It's like it's not so, a terrible pick. Let, let, let me say this. I, I, I think that um, part of the reasons, Eric, what you're talking about is right, but I'll give some pushback, too, on the same point. So he, here's the difference, right? So Quentin Johnson is attached to Herbert, who has a big cannon of an arm, and we love this guy in Dynasty and Fantasy, right? And we think when I think about Quentin Johnson, I it, it to me signals like replacing of Mike Williams' role because of the way that they play football. And the thing that we have to remember is Keenan Allen is as great as he is, he is on his way out because it's just it's it's just too old, man. He's just getting right. to the point of age. Here's the difference, I think. You look at JSN, you look at Quentin Johnson, you look at Jordan Addison. People may not love this take, but I think they need to hear it. So I'm gonna hear I'm gonna be here to tell it to you. Just like I'm going to tell Mike about everything, and just like I'm going to tell you, Eric, about everything, too. JSN is not going to pass DK Metcalf, period, as the alpha in that offense. I don't care what you tell me. I don't care how much you like Ohio State. He's not doing that. Jordan Addison is not passing Justin Jefferson. It's not happening. You can forget about it. You can, you can tuck it wherever you need to. Your hate box, I don't care. It's not happening. Quentin Johnson can take over the Mike Williams role and Keenan Allen can become irrelevant and Quentin Johnson can be the one on a Justin Herbert led offense. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the one thing about Johnson, even though I actually of the three like him the least as far as a wide receiver prospect. But when I look at the landing spot, it, it, it makes it to where this three is very difficult. But if you wanted to tell me that Quentin Johnson's your guy, not going to fight you, not going to fight you. And the thing about Jordan Addison is this, I'm happily taking him here at the 108. Like I'm not telling you I'm out on JS uh, on JSN or on Jordan Addison, but I I do admit that Jordan Addison in an offense with Kirk Cousins does not pose like for me anyway. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Not that he can't be successful, but he won't be viewed as that because of the fact Garrett Wilson has no one in front of him. Chris Olave has no one in front of him. Right. I think Justin right. Jefferson will go nowhere, and I think DK will go nowhere. So that's that's my biggest thing. But I'm taking it 108, uh, Jordan Addison, Eric. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I get it. Um, I I just I don't know. I just think Addison's a better player. I just I'm a hundred percent with you too. By the way, he is I, a better player in my mind. Yeah, I just fell out of fell out of favor with Quinton Johnson. The more and more the process went on, I was actually kind of shocked that he went in the first round. To be honest, with uh, as many guys that did fall out and f- fall further than we thought they would, I thought Quinton Johnson was going to be one of those guys, but he wasn't. So right. um, he got the good capital. He's got a great quarterback. He's attached to. I have to admit, he's going to be in this range, and I'm going to have to take him in some drafts because I have some picks in this. Range range so um i'm not gonna have zero exposure to him i'm gonna take a couple shots at him and, and we'll see what happens so yeah you, you, exactly what you said you want to at least have some exposure even if you don't love him you want to have at least some exposure right 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 um all right so i'm up now at the 109 pick and this one is a little tough for me and i think just because this is tight end premium uh at the 1.75 i 
I'm going to go ahead and take Dalton Kincaid here, who went to Buffalo uh, at pick 25. Um, they traded up a couple spots to get him, so obviously they like him a lot. I think Dawson Knox is kind of just a guy. He's, he's a decent player, but he's not going to be like a Dalton Kincaid. Obviously, he's attached to Josh Allen, so that's going to be big. Um, I really do like Zay Flowers and Zay Flowers' landing spot as well. Um, I know people are like, oh, Baltimore, you know, yuck. But you know what? If you think about it, he's probably going to be the alpha there because, right, sure, you got Odell for a year. I don't think he's an alpha anymore. Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy, and obviously they're kind of showing what they think of Bateman signing Odell, now drafting Zay Flowers. I think Zay Flowers is going to be the alpha there um, wide receiver-wise. Obviously, they still have Andrews um, before you know it. So I do like Zay Flowers too, but I think the – Format of 1.75 tight end premium is going to get me to Dalton Kincaid. And that offense, he should do really well. So give me Kincaid. And then, Mike, uh, you're up at the 110. I'm going to go off script here. And Adam already knows what's coming. Oh, no. <laughs> you talked about Zay Flowers, and I do like Zay Flowers. I got a damn signed helmet about him, even though it's not going to be mine for much longer because we gave it away on the stream. But <laughs> Will Levis. Give me Will Levis at the 110. Yeah, um, I can see that. I think the draft capital was early enough for me, and the, the team traded up to get him. It wasn't like it was a, you know, we're trading up at the back part of the second round or anything like that. They paid some some serious capital to go get Will Levis at pick 33. In any other draft, I mean, we're talking about the first pick of the second round, but because Miami's dumb and <laughs> had to forfeit the draft pick, we're talking pick 33. Will Levis, I would have. Would I prefer first round draft cap- capital? One hundred percent, and I think hit rates will tell you that. But at this point, I think this really highlights the fact that Zay Flowers is fine. Uh, you touched on the OBJ thing. You touched on the fact that our guy from a couple years ago, Rashad Bateman, still there. They have some weapons. Mark Andrews. We we do believe it's going to be a more up tempo, uh, a more high volume passing offense in Baltimore. But it's a super flex league, and this back part of the first round is is gets really gross really quick. And mm-hmm. let me just shoot my shot on the quarterback. If he does something great, uh, he's going to be worth way more than the 110 if he actually performs on the field and starts to build some steam. And if he doesn't, I don't feel like I missed out too bad. I know passing on Zay Flowers might be uh, – faux pas to some people but at this point i'm willing to shoot my shot if if i only have the pick 110 i can't trade back any farther this is what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna just gonna blow my load on on will levis and enjoy the mayo in my coffee (laughs) yeah i mean levis is probably gonna be in this range so the 108 to 111 range probably in most of our rookie drafts so this is probably where he should go it's a fine landing spot like you said they traded up for him they like him you know, he's probably going to sit for the year behind Tannehill, which isn't a terrible thing, uh, you know, to sit behind a Tannehill who's played in the league, learn a little bit. He's not pressured right away to come in and be the savior of the franchise. And they need to get him some weapons. Obviously, I'm looking um, at here at the first two days of picks, and they didn't get him any wide receivers. They got him a running back. Um, I know they upgraded the offensive line a little bit, too, with Skaronsky, so that's good. Uh, build that offensive line up a little bit. But I looked at their wide receiver depth chart, and it's Traylon Burks and nobody else that should even be on a, f- a football field right now. 
Ain't so that the truth. Yeah, and I'm looking at the wide receivers that are available on day three here, and they're not the greatest either. So um, it's going to be uh, hard times for Levis, but maybe if he sits a year, let Tannehill deal with this crap this year, and then Levis can come in next year. Maybe they get him. Uh, maybe they suck enough to get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Then it's wheels up for Will Levis. So uh, Adam, one eleven, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we, we were talking about like, giveaways and stuff, and you know, Mike talked about uh, giving away the Zay Flowers helmet. And honestly, I wish instead of giving away the Zay Flowers helmet, he would have given away his love and his outrageous love for Will Levis because <laughs> the pick should have been Zay Flowers uh, one yeah. ago. And here we are. And, and, and let me say this, too, about the Tennessee thing. And now I, I understand the Levis love. He does have a great arm. He does have a cannon. He does have traits that make him exciting if he was to give, be given a shot by a team. But, like, I, I remember vividly, Eric and Mike, vividly, I'll never forget, Malik Willis is taking the job and the reins away from Ryan Tannehill. Like, that, this time last year, it was, it was a fact. It wasn't even a discussion. It was a factual statement. The dynasty community factually said to you that Malik Willis is the one that's going to take the job away. They're taking Will Levis at 33. Like, not saying that I'm not in on Levis, but at this point I'm not in on Levis. I want Zay Flowers because, yes, Will Levis will smash what Zay Flowers can become upside-wise. If, if, if let, Let's say, uh, best case scenario, right? If Levis takes the reins from Tannehill and let's say they upgrade the weaponry a little bit and Traylon Burke steps into a one roll, yes, Will Levis will smash, destroy what Zay Flowers can become. No debate there. But man, the floor is nowhere near what Zay Flowers is. Like even look at Rashad Bateman. Let, let's, let's look at Rashad Bateman for a second. Rashad Bateman is a guy that everybody loved in the community. Two years in has done absolutely nothing other than take a post to the crib. Like that's that's what he's done for you in fantasy. People still won't give you a second, an early second a lot of times for Rashad Bateman. That value retention on Zay Flowers, I'm in on. Like yeah. Levis's floor does not exist to the degree that Zay Flowers does. That for me is why it's different, but at the same time I'm actually not gonna fight Mike on it, but I, I did want to at least, you know, give the uh Give give a, right. give a little give a little charisma to, to the, to I the mean, topic. Just looking at who's available left, though. I mean, I'm taking Levis over whoever's left anyway. So I don't think that this is like an egregious spot or anything like that. I think Levis is still gonna go in, in the back end of first rounds in all of our rookie drafts, unless you just got a bunch of guys that are like Twitter zombies in your league that read the Will Levis hate tweets every single day you know yeah like well that. right well and i actually I'm, I'm i'm okay basically if you tell me at 11 you're going to take him because t- to me at least right lamar got the back right so so there, there's four receivers that go in four significant spots one after the other jsn quentin johnson jordan addison zay flowers all back to back those are the four that i will take ahead of him after that like not only would I, would I not fight you, but I will take Levis for sure ahead of the rest of the pack. So mm-hmm. that that's just me though, right? Um. All right. So now I am up at the one twelve. We had 
Um, every single first round prospect uh, that went in the first round is gone. So you're going to have at least probably two or obviously two um, second rounders or third rounders, whoever in your rookie drafts. Um, so you're going to have to take some second rounders at some point in your rookie draft. And man, at the 112. I think I'm going to stick with the premium as much as I do like Jonathan Mingo and his landing spot. Sam Laporta? Um, I'm thinking that's, I'm going between Laporta or Mayer, to be honest. And I think I, uh, Laporta has nothing in front of him. It's Brock Wright and James Mitchell right now. So Laporta should be the day one starting tight end. Michael Mayer has Austin Hooper and OJ Howard, but those guys are on on their last legs anyways. Um, Let's not forget about Mike's guy. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Michael Mayer just because oh. I had him as my second tight end. And Vegas is still a good spot. Uh, Garoppolo does like throwing to the tight ends. That offense has always been designed to have the tight ends involved. Um, Obviously with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez and all those guys with um, New England back in the day. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Michael Mayer. I I had him as my second-rated tight end. I do like Laporta's landing spot and Musgrave's landing spot. Um and all that too, but I think I just go but Michael Mayer here. Let me ask you, because Foster Moreau doesn't scare you at all. He's got cancer. He's not playing anymore. Yeah. Oh, I, I apologize. I didn't even realize that. My bad. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He's. Uh, yeah. He. He. That's why he hasn't signed with anybody. He's actually a free agent. He went to um, New Orleans and he got right. um, a scan with from them, and they let him know the bad news. I forget what what it is if it's leukemia or whatever. I forget right. what it was. I'll pull it up. I didn't. I actually didn't see that. My bad, y'all. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So he's not. He wouldn't even be there. But they have Hooper and OJ oh, Howard he, that they. He did has a Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, I thought it was, Same so it was one of those. Yeah. So yeah, he's got to deal with that. So he's probably going to be out for at least a year, if not longer. Um, and he was a free agent anyways. And Hooper and Howard, those uh, Howard was on his last leg two years ago, and Hooper is getting pretty close to it too. So I think Michael Mayer easily should have no problem overtaking those two. So that's fair, M- yeah. very, very much more fair. All right, Mike, I'm going to let you shine. Two hundred one, take your Iowa guy. <laughs> Don't do it, that- Mike. That's what I should do. It is a 1.75. It is a 1.75 tight end premium. Uh, so the tight end premium does matter, right? It's not like yep. the the 1.5. It is a reasonable tight end premium. Uh, I just wish it was a a two tight end league. If it was a two tight end league, no question about it, I'd be smashing. Sandy well, you Laporte can start here. them at the flex. Spot, Sca- 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 yeah. Scared money don't make no money. All right, so scared money is going to say, I'm going to reach. And I'm going to do something that in years past I give all the people bull crap about. Like I just ridicule them to death about doing this for third round running backs. But give me Devon A. Chain at the 201. I want all the parts of the Miami offense that I can possibly get. Give me Devon A. Chain. Interesting. Okay. I mean,. Dude has speed for days. That whole offense has speed for days. He's built for that offense. I'm sure, like, everyone in the uh, Destination Devi mock draft challenge probably had him go to Miami besides for me. Um, 
And you don't have to worry about that, Eric. I think I probably only still have two picks right. I think I, I think I have five or six. I'm like, oh, okay, I got five or six. I'm doing good. I looked at the sheet. There's like some people with eleven, some with ten. I'm like, yep, yep, I lost. But uh, no, that's a that's interesting. A chain there. My only thing with him is I just it's gonna be what. 10 to 12 touches a game and, and sure that might be all you need with that speed i just think um there's definitely some other guys i would take before him but i don't hate it like if you have conviction on a guy um yeah i don't hate it so yeah i mean t- t- to that point like with a chain I-, I think about the offense and the way they run it in that zone read offense and the fact that like what why is Mostert someone that travels with miami because he's really fast and he understands right. the scheme, and when he hits a hole, he's gone. And when I think about a chain, it's like, okay, yeah, he's not your typical size guy, but they took him in round three. What if they're going to give him twelve to fifteen touches? Yeah, kind of like Swift. I think another thing too, it hasn't happened yet, um, but it, you know the rumors of Dalvin Cook going there. Right, correct. Yeah, now if so, that happens. We can right. probably pump the brakes a little bit on 201, but I still would like A-Chain long-term. I, I, I would think Joe Mixon, too. If the Bengals end up cutting Joe Mixon, that could be another spot that you know Dalvin or Mixon could end up as Miami. 100%. I was also really uh, hoping that a running back would land in the top three rounds to uh, Cincy. We didn't see mm-hmm. that, so we'll see what yeah. tomorrow brings. But um, Okay, so Mike takes Devon A-Chain at the 201. I think at this point, to me, th- there's a few places I could go. Um, I think for me, because of the fact that the running backs didn't land in the greatest spots, and there's some receivers I could shoot my shot on and tight end still for a while, I'm going to take the last running back that I actually like the landing spot and think the prospect is really good. And that's Kendra Miller. I'm going to take him here at 202 to New Orleans. It's not that I don't like Laporta. It's not that I don't like the fact that I could trade Rasheed Rice to someone that loved them some Sky Moore and will send me a 24 first plus for some Rasheed Rice because these were my homes, right? But mm-hmm. when I look at Kendra Miller, the fact that, like, we, we think about this, right? Alvin Kamara might miss a little bit of time this, this start of the year. Like, it's likely he's going to miss time. And then we think about, too, I know Jamal Williams is there, but like Jamal Williams has also been almost nothing outside of the year with Swift this last year, right? Like he had a great bunch of touchdowns, but would it be shocking to you if Jamal Williams didn't actually do a whole bunch and Alvin Kamara missed time? And then when you think about what Alvin Kamara was in his rookie year, Adrian Peterson was there on the sidelines, angry, stewing, getting crazy at Peyton. Like, I think there's a scenario where Kendra Miller at this pick, which is only four picks after where they took Kamara, ends up being a really good player this year, but not even just that. Even if he is not this great player this year, 24 and beyond could be a absolute smash in Dynasty. So that's why I'm taking him at 202. Yeah, very early third-round pick as well, um, right at the top of the third round, basically, for Kendra. So awesome draft capital. Love the landing spot, too. I agree with, with everything you said um, on his landing spot. Um, I actually thought they were going to take a chain. That's who I had in the mock, the De- Destination Debbie mock draft challenge. I had a chain going to New Orleans because they had um, had a private workout with him and all that. So I thought maybe they were going to be in on him, but I'll take Kendra there. I think that's a good spot for all my Kendra Miller shares that I got right now. Uh, so now I am up here at the 203. And... <clears throat> 
I do want to take Laporta. I think Laporta would be the right pick, but I kind of want to make this. Oh, no. I want to make this pick because I think it's going to happen in a lot of drafts. He might even go higher than this. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably have him in this same tier with these guys. Obviously, they did trade up for this guy, so obviously they really, really like him. And there isn't like a bigger body receiver on this team other than Kelsey. So I am going to so go ahead give away and take is Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice at uh, pick fifty-five. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a good pick, he, man. I think I think tradeability is big thing with Rasheed that, Rice. That too, yes. Yeah. So he's going to have a lot of tradeability because oh, he's attached to Mahomes. I'm going to be able to if he hits in the preseason, um, anything like that. I think I could sell him for a 2024 first. You know. That first big splash play he gets from Mahomes. We didn't really get that splash play from Sky Moore early on in the season or in preseason at all. Uh, but I think if Rasheed Rice can do it, uh, you know he could definitely fetch you back a 2024 first, and you can sell him. And you're getting him here at the 201 to 203 range. I wouldn't be shocked if some league some somebody took him at the 112. Maybe the maybe the champion of your league has Patrick Mahomes and they want to get Rasheed Rice at the one twelve. I could see that, um, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Rasheed Rice here. Even though I probably would take Lapora or maybe another guy before him, but I'm gonna go with Rasheed Rice. I mean, it is uh, it's hard to be Sky Moore to make splash plays when you're fumbling punts. Right, right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all the role that you get yeah. is to be back there fumbling punts. This makes it easy, man. Why take Sam Laporta at 201 when I can take him at the 204? Give me Sam <sighs> Laporta. All yep. the reasons that you've already listed, man. No need to re- really read. Iowa had a hell of a first two days. And, and just, just to think, we were 8-5 and five last year. Just a middle-of-the-road team. Still better than Nebraska. Shout out Trophy Chase. What's and they only, they only threw for like 1,700 total yards. It's gross. It's gross. Mahomes does that in the first month. (laughs) (laughs) Cade McNamara is going to save us, though, Eric. You just wait. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just like Ricky Stanzi did. Okay. Hey, if you don't love it, leave it. USA number one, (laughs) Ricky Stanzi. (laughs) Oh, man. All All right. 205, Adam. All right. So so let me just say this, America's game. I, I think that with what we're looking at right now, I think that the 205 is where we start getting to, like, no man's land. And where I mean by that is, like, you can pick whatever you want to do. You can go whatever direction you want to, but there's no certainty in where the community is going to value them. There's no certainty in what they're going to give you. And you're just kind of, at this point, shooting your shot on what you believe in hope. There's no one here that has the draft capital, that has the landing spot, that has, especially for the running backs, like, a clear path to any type of workload. This is gross. At this point, like for a for a class that we were saying is so deep, you want all these seconds. I'm at 205, looking like I don't want to take this one. I don't want to be the one that picks this. For me, I'm going to go. Uh, shout out to JB. I'm going to shoot my shot on Jaden Reed in Green Bay. Um, the reason I say that is I'm not the biggest Romeo Dubs guy, and mm-hmm. I do think that what I've seen, right? Like, imagine if you're Aaron Rodgers, and they won't take a first round receiver ever for you. And then they decide they're going to take two tight ends in the first two rounds and Jaden Reed in the second round for Jordan Love's first year to take over for you. Wow. That's wild. But Jaden Reed, for me, I think is a legit 
receiver. I think there's a lot of traits for him that could be actually beneficial for Jordan Love. So I'm going to take Jaden Reed here. Uh, I do not want to be the one that picks what tight end is the one to have for Green Bay. Um, so I'm going to go with Jaden Reed here. Um, Charbonnet was a guy I loved, but him going to Seattle to be in competition with Kenneth Walker, who's a second-year running back, I don't like that. There's just so many guys here that I thought I'd like, but the landing spot doesn't lead me to take them. Yeah, leave it to Seattle to do something weird. Back-to-back years taking top three rated running backs in their own class. You know, like Silly, man. Silly. I mean, it's great for them, like to do what they're going to do. Like it's just the Seattle way, but uh, for fantasy purposes, it kind of just nuke Charbonnet. That, uh, that, that's the huge thing, right? It's great yeah. for NFL. It's great yeah. that they have that, that one, two punch that 50, 50, they could split the workload. They have insurance. Uh, you never really have to worry about the running game being a problem. Even if one of them gets nicked up and isn't playing for a few games, but for, for fantasy purposes, it's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I am going to take Hendon Hooker here at the 206. I'm not a giant Hendon Hooker fan, but I think here, like Adam said, like at this 205 range, it's kind of getting gross. Just give me the upside shot at a super flex quarterback who's in a good situation with a really good offensive line. They've built a lot of weapons around him. Obviously, they got Laporta, Amonra, Jameson, if he's done betting on games. You know, they're going to get some other uh, weapons here for them uh, eventually, you know, other receivers and whatnot. Uh, they're they're an upside, high upside team. Getting a super flex quarterback this late in the middle of the second round who could en- eventually end up being the starter. Like I said, I don't love him, but I think this is a, as good as upside shot as any right here. So give me Hendon Hooker. All right, man. You were shooting for the moon on that one. Oh, we are so gross. We are in such a gross territory. Remember when the second rounders were going to be fantastic and we wanted them all? And now I'm sitting here and we're only six picks in and I'm going, woof. (laughs) (laughs) Woof. Um, It's a lot more wide receivers than than we wanted. I mean, there's some good landing spots, but this I want to be taking running backs and maybe tight ends here. You know, I don't want to be taking all these wide receivers, but whatever. I don't like the guy, um, but the draft capital does speak volumes. Um, I don't. I didn't like him as a prospect. I, I don't really see what other people did, but apparently Carolina does. So I guess I'm going to take Jonathan Mingo here. Uh, just wow. I know. Jay uh, Rich, stand up. Listen, uh, I've, I was just as big of a Mingo fan as Jay Rich, so I, I love the pick. Is Jay Rich really standing up when I'm taking him at 207, though? (laughs) This is probably the range where he's going to go, but he's got a shot to be, you know, one of the top receivers there. I mean, he maybe not his first year um, because they did have Chark and and Thielen and uh, Terrace Marshall still. So it might, you know, it might take him till mid-year, kind of like A.J. Brown when he came in his first year. Um, It took him, uh, you know, about halfway through the year before he got going. But I think Mingo can be the same thing, man. Um, I love his speed. I mean, he's uh, three-tenths fast or uh, three... uh, Three hundreds faster than uh, Jordan Addison right. at fifty pounds heavier. I right. mean, I, I just find that crazy. Then there was a linebacker that ran a four four nine, and he's uh, 
90 pounds heavier than Jordan Addison that went. So I'm like, Jesus, these linebackers are freaks too. But uh, Mingo yeah, is no. very, very well put together, right? Like if oh, you yeah. talk about a guy who's pretty close to that, like A.J. Brown mold, um, yep. this is the guy. I, I didn't love him as a prospect. And really production-wise, outside of his last year, he never really did anything. I mean, if you want to well, talk about Well, his second year, he was – he had his first two uh, first two games of the year. He had monster games, and then he broke his foot or hurt his foot, and he was out for like six, right. seven weeks after that. And then he just never really got it going the rest of the year. I think if he would have played that whole season without the foot injury, he would have came out last year. Right, and we would have had better, much better uh, like right. metrics from an analytical standpoint. Earlier breakout, right. the whole thing hitting the thresholds that we want. Two oh seven. At this point, like, I'm comfortable with it. If I miss, I miss. But if I also hit on a guy who, I mean, I just said the elite ceiling comp of A.J. Brown. If you hit on an A.J. Brown at 207. And, and he's actually really good friends with A.J. Brown. They're, like, best friends. You're, so. you're, you're writing you're writing free checks forever, right? <laughs> just put right. whatever you want on it because you picked a guy at 207 who ends up being a top five. Yeah. Dynasty wide receiver. I, I, I have a happen, feeling but. I'm going to have a ton of him because everyone shits on him for whatever reason. But <laughs> give give him to me. I'll gobble him up all day. Be, before tonight, uh, you know, like Wednesday, me would have kicked the hell out of me for for drafting Jonathan Mingo <laughs> right. in the second round anywhere. So how far we've come. Yeah, this is the one I wanted Scott to to talk about because Scott has been all right. dogging him the whole time. But he's like, if he gets top fifty draft capital, then I guess I got to be in on him. Well, here he is, top thirty nine capital. So let's see what about you top do. forty. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, two oh eight, Adam, go ahead. All right, so so I'm going to ask the America's Game crew um, a question here. I think it's kind of rhetorical, but maybe it's not as rhetorical as I think. Of the guys that are left that we've seen drafted that matter in fantasy, when you look at the board, to me, there's one that sticks out as far as if everything hits right, who would you want to have? If everything hits right, I can maybe see Musgrave or Jalen Hyatt. Mike? If everything hits right. If everything hit right. Yeah. I mean, we could say the uh, the Zach Charbonnet if everything hit right. There we he's go. Gonna, gonna, Mike right. gets it. He's because here's the truth work, about bro. it, right? Kenneth Walker is in his way, correct? But, like, who's in front of Luke Musgrave doesn't matter. Who's in front of Shoemaker, Nobody. Strange, Mims, <laughs> Tank Dell, Hyatt, Tillman? None of that matters. If Charbonnet was the running back for Seattle, everybody wants that. And it's not close yeah. to the rest of the people here. So yeah. I understand the risks of Kenneth Walker and him in a timeshare, right? But I think when we're getting to 208, man, it is Charbonnet. Yeah. Like, stop playing with him. Stop yeah, playing with him. He'll go at this a point, lot higher than this. He probably will. But at this point, like, even if you're afraid of what Kenneth Walker is, which I get it, I, I, I did not want to see Charbonnet be RB3 off the board going to the same place where – they just took a second-round guy last year. But if you tell me that Charbonnet ends up in a spot where Kenneth Walker misses even six weeks when it matters, Charbonnet is going to be valued, at least for a time, more than a lot of guys ahead of him in this rookie draft. So I have to take him here. It's just not close. You, Yeah, I think looking back on you probably should have flip-flopped your 205 and 208 picks. But why would I do that when I can get him at 208? <laughs> I know. I get it. 
But I'm just saying, I think in, in regular rookie drafts, I think probably that two or five not range wrong. You're probably not wrong. is probably where he's going to go. If you, if you want him, you got to take him at the 205 yeah. or earlier. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure JB knew that Jaden Reed means a lot. So <laughs> there you go. Shout out to JB. Uh, all right. So I'm up at the 209 here. <laughs> I'm going to take. Um, Oh, man, that, that is scary having two tight ends on the same team drafted. I, I don't know what. what Talk to doing. us about it, Eric. Go ahead, man. I mean, Mus- I like Musgrave and Kraft. Musgrave has injury history. I know it's scary, but they really don't have any tight ends there since Tunyon left and Josiah DeGuire. What about DeGuire? Yeah. He's. Mike has him he, everywhere. Yeah, Mike's going to be (laughs) dropping him uh, pretty quickly here. You know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to switch on. Yeah, I'm going to take Tank Bigsby because I think he got a really good landing spot Uh, with Jacksonville. There's nobody, obviously, other than ETN ahead of him. And you can't. ETN survived this year getting like 20 carries a game. He's not going to survive uh, much longer doing that. So I think Jacksonville made the right move here, got a bigger running back here, um, give ETN a little breather. I think, you know, Bigsby can be just as important as Charbonnet is. So I think I'm going to go tank Bigsby here going to Jacksonville at pick 88. Oh, okay. Okay. Respectable. Mike, 210. What do you got, buddy? I'm going to do something, too, that, you know, I also give people crap about, but I said on the stream, uh, give me Jalen Hyatt here. I know third round, third round wide receivers aren't the most sexy. It doesn't fit Scott Scott's threshold. You know, he's not here with us to tell me how bad it is. Uh, it's not a top 50 wide receiver, but something about Jalen Hyatt and his game with Daniel Jones and the lack of, the complete lack of of receiving weapons outside of Darren Waller. Uh, give me Jalen Hyatt just with the the possibility at the two ten that that I struck gold on this one. So Jalen Hyatt, I don't know if it's a smart pick, but I'm willing to reach a little bit here in the late second. My only question with this one is just how the Giants have built this offseason. They literally have like 17 slot receivers, and they just added Hyatt to it now. Right. So they had Hyatt. They have Paris Campbell. They have Jameson Crowder, Wandale Robinson. I'm sure I'm missing one other one. But they have literally four slot receivers that they could uh, put in there. Sterling Shepard probably could play a little bit of the slot too, uh, but he's coming off another major injury. I just don't know what the hell they're doing there, and I'm hoping Hyatt can get on the field the first year, but I don't think that's like a guarantee, like because there's just so many guys there. Um, I will say the only we'll thing see. in Hyatt's defense, like you're talking about it, is he's the only one who's not perennially injured or old, right? All those other guys, like he has one trait that most of those guys don't have anymore, and that's mm-hmm. speed. Now you can argue the Paris Campbell thing. Like the Paris Campbell one, him and but Paris he Campbell stay are healthy either. <laughs> him and Paris Campbell are very similar, but we've we have seen Paris Campbell struggles mightily yeah. to stay healthy. And right. it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to really just see a, a Hyatt Paris Campbell like one two punch in, in New York. Mm-hmm. Now, is it great for NFL wins? No, you probably don't want to rely on either one of those guys the, being. I think this is uh this is more of a best ball pick now, right? More than anything, I think it's in lineup no leagues, good. no thanks. Best ball leagues, all right, I'll take the shot at Hyatt, but <clears throat> lineup leagues, I don't. I think I'm out on Hyatt. Fair enough. Uh, Two eleven, Adam. 
Okay, so when I look at this board, guys, I'm looking at a few things, and, and one of the things that initially uh, piques my interest is Josh Downs to Indy, right? At pick mm-hmm. 79. But let me let me say this, um, Eric and Mike. Do you know what this is really starting to feel like? And while you guys were talking, I've dug some digging. What does Josh Downs at pick 79 feel a lot like a couple years ago? Amon Ra St. Brown. I was going to go the other way, but I like where you're going, Mike. Where are you going to go, E? Mm, yeah, that Amon Ra is a good comparison. Uh, I'm not sure. Go ahead and tell me. Deami Brown. Pick 81. Uh, from the same team, same helmet. I got you. And my, the reasoning for that is this, right? Like At this point, I'm kind of looking like you already talked about, Eric, for best ball-like purposes. What would I do here? And part of me wants to say Josh Downs, but the reason I'm going to say no to that and the reason I'm going to fade that is, like, okay, we like the prospect, right? Like, this is Deami Brown again, like reincarnated. Do you like the prospect so much that you're sure that Indy is the right place for him and that it, it makes sense when he got faded this far? To me, to me, not saying that I wouldn't take him still, just not at this point. What I'm going to do is take Tajay Spears because I really believe in that prospect profile and that I think that Derrick Henry may be there for another year. But I do think that at a certain point, this is going to be the person that replaces that running back mm-hmm. role. And that's what I'm going to bet on here is Tajay Spears. Because for me, lineup or best ball, Tajay Spears makes a lot of sense here. Right. The only thing that scares me on Tajay is how they uh, reported on his knee during the draft that he has no ACL anymore. It's gone. Yeah, I saw and that. And he still has some other damage. So it's kind of like Jay Ajayi. He's probably just a one-contract guy, and then he's probably cooked. And you know, so what, that, you know what, though? To your point, I think you're probably right. Now, I don't even know what to make of all the medical stuff. But to your point, when I'm taking a running back at 211, I'm only yeah, banking on two years anyway. I don't give exactly. a I, I don't give a damn about what they get in the contract. If they do, that'd be awesome. But I'm not betting on that. Right? No, I agree with you, and I I really like the talent too. So this is probably where he's going to go in most leagues. So I don't have a problem with it. I think it's pretty good. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the highest um, drafted player that's left, and that's tight end Luke Musgrave to Green Bay. Very athletic. Very talented tight end he should get a lot of work there obviously i know they drafted tucker craft too but i did have musgrave above craft in my ranking so i'm just going to stick with musgrave um let's try and hit these last two rounds here pretty quickly because i know you guys got to get up early let's do it yeah so mike 301 hit us hey perfect man you take luke musgrave i'll go ahead and take the the little bit of your discount i'll take tucker craft i'll take the other one Uh, i don't i don't want it michael I don't want to make the bet on uh, which one I got to pick, and uh, I'll just let everybody else choose for me, and I'll take whichever one's left over. Give me Tucker Craft. All right, Adam, 302. All right, here is where I will decide to take the risk of Josh Downs failing, but the upside of his profile possibly being the, you know, round three guy that could succeed in an offense that I believe, maybe not right away, but will be a good offense with A. Rich at the helm. So I think I got to take Downs here. Yeah, I mean, I I like uh, Downs with Anthony Richardson. They're going to obviously be classmates here, uh, working together all the time. So I really like um, I really like the Downs spot where he landed and all that. So I'm, I'm in on Downs for sure, especially playing indoors on the turf. That's going to suit him well. Uh, so I am up now at the 303. I'm going to go ahead and take... 
uh, Luke Schoonmaker here. So he went to Dallas, pick 58, tight end premium. Um, obviously, he's the highest drafted draft capital tight end on the roster right now. Could he be as good as Ferguson? I think Dallas is hoping so, and they're probably going to give him every chance to. So I'm going to go ahead and take Schoonmaker there. 304, Mike. Oh, man. Talk about disgusting right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you I, might have to start looking into the people that right. I got drafted. dudes. Yeah. I got dudes who haven't been drafted. I got a bunch of gross guys who have been drafted. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into the the guys who haven't been drafted. Let me go with Israel Vanakanda. Okay, that was probably one of my next picks. So not, I like that's that. That's just not. That's just not okay. Mike to do that. <laughs> I think he's going in the fourth round. I honestly thought San Francisco had a bunch of um, third round picks there at the end, and they ended up trading up one and drafting uh, somebody else. But I thought a band of Canada was going to go to San Francisco because they did have a, a couple private meetings with him. So I figured that that was where he was going to be, but it wasn't meant to be. Right. Adam 305. Yeah, see, see, I think this is about the point, though, where Mike is going, where, like, I'm willing to basically shoot shots on guys, even if they're round four running backs, over, like, l- l- let's let's talk about what's left, right? Marvin Mims in Denver. Like, we're, everybody hates Russ right now. I mean, <laughs> I like Russ still, but everybody hates Russ, and I'm, I'm not, like, way over my skis on Russ. Tank Dell, nobody really likes to see that in round three to Houston. Cedric Tillman, um, I, I said on stream that, you know, they're going to open the offense up, and this is kind of proving that, taking another receiver. And Ray was like, because of Cedric Tillman? Like, nobody cares about Cedric Tillman, right? Nobody cares about anybody else here, the tight ends, the receivers. I think at this point, you just kind of forgo draft capital, and you start shooting your shot on running backs that could hit. So um, I think at this point, it's not even knowing the draft capital. It's just shooting your shot on guys you think are going to go in round four. At this right. point, that's really what I'm going to start doing. For me, I'm here. I'm going to go ahead and go with Roshan Johnson. It's really close with Zach Evans, but I'm going to take Roshan. Roshan, okay. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. I I think I would probably take, hoping some of these running backs go in round four, even maybe a round five guy, because like 306 last year, this is probably where Tyler Algier was going, maybe a little bit later than this. I um, mean, he went in round five last year, so you're basically just taking running backs that you like. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I think I'm going to agree with you and take Zach Evans. Um, he has been getting a little bit of um, hype here lately, you know, a little bit more than usual so i think um in the right offense if he hits there he should do pretty good like if minnesota took him in that kind of offense and they get rid of dalvin and then evans comes in there i think he could do pretty good um in that kind of system so mike 307 oh we're gonna continue it but i'm starting to feel really gross about these running backs right we ran out of guys that i felt strongly about you took one of the last ones um I'm just going to go with my heart, man. Uh, I know the medicals haven't been good. We've had a lot of issues with them. Give me Sean Tucker. And and this Sean could Tucker. very well be a guy who just doesn't get drafted at all. Yeah, that's my worry is I think he might go undrafted. And if you're taking an undrafted guy in round three, then the, you're the kind of person me and Scott laugh at. <laughs> uh, all my Justin Ross. <laughs> yeah, Justin Ross, Thaddeus Moss, the... Uh, who was the uh, one running back? He was small. I don't remember. He went to like Atlanta or something. Right. 
Um, yeah, I don't remember the name. He everybody was taking him in round three too. Uh, go ahead, Adam. Three hundred eight. Um, I'll say this. I, I think the one I'm going to shoot my shot on here is going to be Chase Brown. Um, I think okay. there's some other guys here I could shoot my shot on at running back, but I think Chase Brown in the right landing spot, even in round four, round five, or round six, like I, I like what he has and possesses as far as fantasy upside. So mm. at 308, I'm cool here. Like, yeah, especially when I look at it, right? Like the, the wide receivers that are left, Mims in Denver, Tillman in uh, Cleveland, Tank Dell in Houston, Michael Wilson, Trey Tucker, I don't really care about. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Any of the wide receivers here at this point, like they start to get to what I feel like is roster clogger. Yeah. So 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 go ahead and let me take my shots on profiles that I'm still hoping at this point to hit. Right. And this is what Scott always talks about. Like any of these receivers in this range that haven't been drafted yet or maybe went late in round three or whatever, they're probably going to be on the roster clogger territory. So you probably want to just be taking running backs. Um, I'm going to keep doing the same thing as you guys. I'm going to go ahead and take Dwayne McBride here at the 309. I think he's gotten some hype in league circles too. I think he's got a shot to go in round four or five. So Mike 310. <clears throat> See if this is a uh, if this is a best ball draft like my my mindset shifts right a lot of these running backs right. are going to be potential zeros you know I'm going to be tanking the the tank Dells the Cedric Tillmans right the guys with draft capital but because this is a lineup league that we're drafting uh, you took Dwayne McBride I really wanted him <laughs> uh, I'm going back to the running back world right we're following the principles and uh, I'm going to go with uh, you know uh, if you know you know discount Bijan Robinson. Evan Hull. Nice. <laughs> Discount Bijan Robinson. If you know, you know Evan Hull out of Northwestern. Let's go. Yep. I like Hull a lot. Good pick. Uh, 311, Adam. You're muted, Adam. I'll say this. and I think there's running backs here that I would shoot my shot on, but I'll say this. In best ball, I think at this point, I will actually go ahead and take a chance on Marvin Mims. And it's not that I believe, it's not that I think Russell Wilson's unbelievable, but if he does have a resurgence and we assume that, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, the slot guy, I can't think of his damn name now. Um, K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler, you know, Matty Keelum's guy is finally done, cooked. Uh, Cortland Sutton moves on. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, at this point, start fading Marvin Mans in third-round draft right. capital. So this is where I would take my shot there in best ball especially. Yeah, and we chewed through those running backs. Like, the running backs left are kind of gross. Uh, there's a couple in there that I like, but, yeah, I think this would probably be the spot for Mims for sure. He probably goes in between in these running backs somewhere, probably in the middle of the third. It's probably where he's going to go in most leagues. Um, I'm going to keep doing the same as well as uh, what Adam did here. I'm going to go ahead and take Cedric Tillman. Went to the Browns. Um, Amari Cooper, we don't know if he's going to be there for after this year. They still have Peoples-Jones. Tillman's going to be a strictly outside guy that they could use. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Tillman. Um, he was one of my top five or six wide receivers in this class, so I really do like him a lot. I um, was kind of hoping he would go in round two, but for round three, I think this is a good spot to take him. All right, last round, Mike 401. 
and I'm going to follow suit with you guys. Uh, we're in roster clogger territory, but go ahead and give me Tank Dell. I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm just going to follow the draft capital. And there's really not a lot in Houston that, that scares me, right? I mean, people will kill me there, over the John Mechie thing. Yeah, there's not a lot there, but, I mean, they got Woods. They got Nico Collins. Mechie's coming back now. And Tank Dell, it's like, okay, it's starting to get a little crowded here. I don't know where Tank Dell is going to necessarily fit in. But, yeah, we'll, I mean, it's it's the fourth round, and he's got uh, pretty high draft capital in the third round. So right. I don't just, it. just please play the slot and just uh, make him a security blanket, right? Like maybe they hook up in and rookie that, minicamp the, and they get some chemistry out of him. Right, and that's where Mechie's supposed to play was pure slot too. So that's kind of why I'm like, uh, I don't know what to think about it. But right. I, 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 it's the fourth round. Who cares? Uh, Adam, 402. This is where it gets really interesting. Do you shoot your shot on running back profiles that we don't necessarily love? Do you shoot it on receivers that haven't been drafted? For me, I I don't love this one because of Pat Frymuth, but I think I'm going to take Darnell Washington here. Um, Decent enough draft capital, a good enough tight end. I mean, we're talking about 402, y'all. Like, yeah. Let's, let's let's not act like you know I'm out here reaching on Darnell Washington. This is what, 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 what else had. do you do here? What do you do? And, and yeah. he he's also uh, that's a good point. I know you're gonna go. Pat Fryermuth is a, a concussion or two from becoming like what happens. And I know people don't want to talk about it. I personally don't. I love Pat Fryermuth, but the two a conversation about you know concussions and all this and that. One, one or two more, and all of a sudden, uh, yeah, it had to have come up. Um, obviously, he's a really good blocker and all that, and he can be like an extra tackle out there. But it had to have come up to like, hey, what if Fryermute does get another concussion? Like, you know, what are we going to do there? Because all they have is like Zach Gentry, and he's just a guy. So, um, I think yeah, I think Pittsburgh have probably had one of the best drafts. Um, out of everybody, they just hit on all their picks this year. Um, they're going to be scary, obviously, being in their division. Uh, sucks hearing that, but Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they, they do it every year somehow. Uh, 403, I'm not in love with any of the guys that got drafted here in the first two days, so I'm just going to go back to the running back well here. Um, I do like Eric Gray a little bit, so I'm going to go ahead and take Eric Gray um, at the 403. And Mike, 404. I'm going to follow suit, man, go back to the running back. Well, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the profile, obviously, because of size, but give me Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, we're talking lineup league. Maybe there's one one week where he's going to get the work. And, I, you know, in lineup leagues, I'm more prone to roster those scat back types than I am in best ball. So Deuce Vaughn kind of fits that role. Let me see where he goes. All right. Adam, 405. You're on the mute again, buddy. Sorry, man. Uh, what I was gonna say is that we're getting to the point where it's like really gross. I'm actually oh, gonna yeah. take a. I'm gonna take a shot on uh, Daenerys Prince, and it's just it's really because of the size speed. At this point, like I am betting on the fact that I will lose, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to fail, I want to have a chance to succeed. So I'll, I'll take the Prince here. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I got to go ahead and do this. He's a round two tight end. Um, I did like his profile a little bit. Obviously, Jacksonville really likes him as well if they were taking him in round two. 
Evan Ingram is just a one-year guy right now. He's on the franchise tag, so he could be gone. They don't really have anybody else behind him. So I'm going to go ahead and take Brenton Strange, uh, who went in round two. Uh, Mike, 407. Oh, all right. Well, I can't leave. I mean, if I only got two picks left here, I can't leave without without some of these guys. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kayshawn Boutte, and it's not because I'm going to sit here and tell you how great he is. But we have the possibility, if I'm taking picks, I'm also thinking about what I can trade my league mates. And there might be one mm-hmm. person out there who who's a Kayshawn Boutte truther. Who, oh, yeah, if he just does, like Justin Ross, same thing. Right, he does something, all of a sudden I'm looking at taking a 407 that I'm picking at right now, and I might turn it into a 24-third. And I've already made a profit, I just move on. Yep, I agree with that. Adam, 408. Dog, this is so disgusting. Like I, I, at this point, like we are shooting shots on absolute grossness. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do here. And this is just best ball, like planning to cut, but we'll just see. Like, I don't believe at all in Michael Wilson, but I'm just going to say, okay, round four, we'll see. And when he doesn't hit, I'll just cut him. Cause all the other receivers here, I'm probably going to do the same thing with. So I'll right. just take Michael Wilson today, not knowing what these other guys are going to be. Like, if you tell me Rakeem Jarrett ends up being early, you know, round four, like, I'll take that. But if I take him now and he he's undrafted, what what would that mean? Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, and then Trey Tucker, he went uh, for, before, yeah, before Tyler Scott, his teammate, which Dane Brewer was all over Tyler Scott's. So that was a one of the biggest shocks of me of uh, the end of the draft there. Um, I still really like Tyler Scott, too. I don't think I'm going to take him here right now. And Cameron Lotz, who I did not really like, and it's a San Francisco tight end. Like He's just going to get buried there, so I don't like that pick at all. I am going to go with a tight end who hasn't gone yet, though, and I'm going to go with Zach Kuntz. Um, obviously a Raz freak scored a perfect 10 Raz score. I would imagine he's got to be one of the guys that goes here on day f- uh, fourth round, maybe fifth round, but I think he's going early. So I'll go Zach Koontz here. Uh, Mike, your final pick four ten. I like that. I, I like the Zach Koontz pick a lot, a lot. That's a guy that I was looking at, but uh, you know, I'm going to stay with the, uh, the tight end theme. And uh, this guy's not listed as a tight end, but give me some Elijah Higgins, man. I'm just hoping here maybe okay. in round six or seven, uh, team takes him, has a plan to convert him to a tight end, and I kind of get the uh, Jawan Johnson 2.0, right? And I just run it back here in the 1.75 tight end premium with the 410 pick. Yep, I like that. All right, Adam, 411. This is really, really gross, man. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? This is probably not a smart thing for people to uh, take as actionable advice, but this is because I'm so bullish and I have so much exposure. I'm wish wish casting this. Will Mallory from the U is the tight end I believe left, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't, I just don't believe in uh, Cameron Latu or Trey Tucker. So y'all can yeah. have him. Y'all can have yeah. him. I'm gonna take yeah. Will Mallory here. I don't either. I'm just going to kind of highlight some of the guys that are left. Um, Josh Wiley is a tight end from Cincinnati that I really like. Uh, Davis Allen from Clemson, those, that's another one that I like. Wide receivers, A.T. Perry still out there. Tyler Scott, Xavier Hutchinson. 
Um, Bryce Ford Wheaton's out there. Charlie Jones, Rakeem Jarrett, Parker Washington, Puka Nakua. I mean, these guys would obviously have to get some draft capital, but those are some guys I'm looking forward to um, tomorrow. Kenny McIntosh, I'm not the biggest fan, but he is a running back. Chris Rodriguez, Mohamed Ibrahim. Um, some people like Keaton Mitchell, but that guy's just a return guy at best. Like He's like Cavante Turpin size. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and all that. So, um, final pick. 412. On, Wrap it up, man. Wrap it up, Eric. Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell going on at the top man. of round four uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Book it. I knew it. I knew it was coming, man. The, the Kenny McIntosh thing, when you, when you touched on him, like I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. And then you just look at his athletic testing and you go like, anybody yeah, getting comped like Charlie Agumba Wale, like hard <laughs> pass. Pass. Yeah, he, he's the Kyron Williams of this year's draft. Yuck. Easily. So I knew um, you were going Aiden Cuddle. Yeah, I was I might as well take my guy. my guy. I I I keep saying that I think he's gonna go in round four. I was hoping for round three, but I think round four is probably where he should go. We'll see. I'm not like feeling great about it. I'd say like a twenty five percent chance, <laughs> but uh yeah, so all right, so I'm just gonna uh, rapid fire through this really quick, just kinda talk them out. One oh one Bijan, one oh two Anthony Richardson, one oh three Bryce Young, one oh four Jameer Gibbs, one oh five CJ Stroud, JSN one oh six, Quinton Johnson one oh seven, Jordan Addison one oh eight, Dalton Kincaid one oh nine, Will Levis one ten. 10, Zay Flowers 111, and Michael Mayer 112. And then I'm just going to do the second round. Uh, 201 was Devin Achain. 202, Kendra Miller. 203, Rasheed Rice. 204, Sam Laporta. 205, Jaden Reed. 206, Hendon Hooker. 207, Jonathan Mingo. 208, Zach Charbonnet. 209, Tank Bigsby. 210, Jalen Hyatt. 211, Tajay Spears. And 212, Luke Musgrave. So that is it for our mock draft. Um, That was a very fun exercise. I think people are going to enjoy that and listen to it here early on uh, before their rookie drafts start. well, how do you guys think it, uh, it went for you guys? Absolutely. Good discussion. Good discussion about it, too. Like, we really figured out where we're going to go with these picks, what the tiers are. Uh, gives you an idea to kind of what to expect in your leagues. Now, each league is going to be different, right? We got all those crazy people who do random stuff. Like, I've seen it all over my leagues. But this will give you a good idea so you're prepared, right? And if you you aren't feeling good about picking that, 106, 7, 8, right? If you don't believe in these wide receiver tiers, you know now that you feel pretty good if you pick in the top five, if you can get one of those players. So it's a good chance to uh, give yourself a little bit of a head start, get a jump on your league mates, and move up to those picks before anybody really realizes it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, we'll do a quick America's favorite game and then we'll get on out of here. So to make it easy, what was your favorite um favorite landing spot for the night for a for a prospect? Ooh. Mike, what do you got, man? Oh man, Will Levis to Tennessee. Let's go, man. And it's it's not even just the landing spot, it's the fact that the draft capital is this for just day two, by the way, Eric? Uh, uh, no, no, you can do the whole draft so far. Your favorite landing spot overall. Still Will Levis to Tennessee, Mike? Oh, favorite landing spot overall. Man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. 
I really, I really like it. Um, the Jameer Gibbs one to Detroit. I know people are ripping them to to shreds. How how could you? Uh, they had a horrible draft, right? They hit Gibbs. I actually like what the Lions did too. I mean, they took Jack Campbell, who is an outstanding inside linebacker, and it wasn't like they wasted a very very good pick on him. I know linebackers are devalued. But Jack Campbell really fits what they want to do on their defense, and their defense needed an overhaul. So the Lions mm-hmm. taking Jameer Gibbs at 12, taking Jack Campbell at 18. I actually like it. Twitter hates it. NFL draft scouts hate it. Uh, pundits hate it. Um, I'm a fan of it, though. I think Detroit's draft overall is going to get like beat up a little bit because they just took like the non-premium positions of like their first like three picks. like Obviously, a running back. Right. And, a, and a off-ball linebacker, and then they took um, obviously a tight end too in there. Like three <laughs> of like the most non-valuable positions in all of football, you know that they took. So I think they're they're, they're going to get killed for that. Um, but I like what they did still. So it's it's not like I'm not crap on them. It, it also it also feels like me too when I'm in when I'm in drafts or startup drafts. I don't like to follow the herd. I like to zig when right. everybody else is zagging. So. Uh, not only is it Iowa guys, you got a couple Iowa guys in Laporta and Jack Campbell in there, but Jameer Gibbs is also a prospect I really love. But just the fact that they don't follow suit, uh, they didn't care about positional value, they didn't care about you know the need. Mm. They're just going like, these are good football players, we want them on our team, they fit what we want to do, we're going to go ahead and take them. So I can respect sure. that a lot. For sure. Uh, Adam, what about you? I mean, e- easy, man. Uh, easy. And it's the one-on-one. And it's what should be the one-on-one. And it's A. Rich, the best player in the class, athleticism-wise, the right position, gets the best place that he can go to as a quarterback. Like Now, to Mike's point, like it had A. Rich gone to Detroit and they traded up for him, okay, i give you a little bit of a needle up. But Indy in the top five, I, it's really hard for me to argue a better landing spot for a guy that does we all acknowledge right he he has great upside but but he needs a little bit of development like going to indy for me seems to be so so good uh, of a landing mm-hmm. spot now does that mean he's guaranteed to smash and is guaranteed to hit a ceiling no but like when i look at landing spot like a rich is what i want right i agree with that uh hey i was gonna put a a rich is mine i think i'm gonna go I think I'm going to go Bijan. I think he got a, a tremendous landing spot. It's just wheels up for him. He should get a lot of that workload, at least 65 70% of it. I know Algier and Patterson are going to be used in there too, which is great. I don't want Bijan to be chewed up and used 250 to 300 you know, carries up the middle. Like Algier can do a little bit of that. Patterson can do a little bit of that too. But they better use Bijan in the passing game. You know, better feed him the ball a little bit. Uh, that's another guy who went up in this draft, Desmond Ritter. They haven't drafted a quarterback yet. They're believing in Desmond Ritter, so Ritter went up in this draft um, a little bit too, just like Gino did. We talked about earlier, and then uh, Kendra Miller. I think that's a good landing spot too. Maybe not like my favorite landing spot, but I could see Kendra doing really good there in that division. They always have a very solid offensive line. He's gonna have. Uh, He's going to have the time and, and to do something there for New Orleans. So I like Kendra a lot. I like that too. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, so that is it um, for us this week. Uh, Adam and Mike, I'll let you guys go ahead and plug um, your guys' Patreon and your podcast and anything else you want to do. And just come uh, check us out on the Destination Debbie channel tomorrow uh, when you guys are listening to this right after. Boom. Just hop on over. We'll be doing uh, day three. Probably even might even catch a little Eric Fennec on, on stream. Let's go. We'll try to get him on as long as well as all the other uh, uh, content creators at Destination Debbie, which are incredible. And as always, come check out our YouTube page if you want uh, South Harmon Fantasy Football. You can follow me on Twitter at Iowa Michael, Adam at ATM40Chess. Uh, you can find everything we do, but Destination Debbie is the primary thing that we do. It is our heart and soul. The the team, the squad that that uh, Ray has built is phenomenal, and we find that out every single year. It just gets bigger and bigger, and we bond and we click together. So it's been really fun, Eric. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you having us on, getting to do this. This has been fun, and the whole time I'm sitting here just doing what I love to do, talking fantasy football, talking dynasty football, and Watching the Lakers close out the Grizzlies by 40 points. So eat shit, Dylan Brooks. Bye-bye. Right. One, two, three, Cancun. See you later. <laughs> Good night. My goodness. All right. Jeez. Yeah, so, uh, Adam, so, you got so you got, No, yeah. That's all we've got, man. Um, Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon if you want more access to Mike and myself. Um, main thing is make sure you're tapping in tomorrow. When you hear this in the morning, right, as soon as you're done, if you go check out the Destination Debbie YouTube feed, Mike, myself, hopefully Eric, hopefully all the DD people that want to come on will be there. I know Mike and myself for sure starting at noon will be on covering all of day three. If you have questions, concerns, things about your dynasty teams, things about anything overall, you want questions, we have answers. Uh, Mike may not give you the right ones, but we have answers. And um, it will be there starting at noon all the way through day three. So, um appreciate you having us on eric man always really good being on america's game and, and kicking it with a, a great dynasty mind um eric at eric vanek nfl man yeah no i appreciate it guys uh staying up late with me i know you guys were on the stream all day as well for the last two days so no i really appreciate you guys doing this uh for us and uh, I know Mike's got to get up early and get a Tito's run in. Before, <laughs> Let's go. Uh, true. Before the I'm out here stream. drinking all by my damn self. Mike's out here. Oh, I'm ran out. I did. I'm empty. I have no alcohol in the house. I got to make uh, my own in toilets. <laughs> yeah. So Mike's got to got to do that early in the morning. So now I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, at Eric Vanek NFL is my Twitter. At America's Game Pod. Uh, follow the. Uh, podcast there as well on twitter i'll post um this draft board up with the uh with the podcast link and i'll post it on twitter as well so you guys can kind of look at it uh over as well before uh you start on your rookie draft so all right appreciate it guys and we will see you next week for america's game